Good afternoon, and thanks for joining us for the May edition of the Lee Schools TV podcast. I'm Rob Spicker, Assistant Director in the Communications Department, and glad you're taking the time to listen in. It was a year ago that a new superintendent was sworn in to lead the school district of Lee County, and it's been a pretty incredible year, has it not? It has been um, it has been a year. Yes, it has sir. Been a year. It has been a year. Superintendent Dr. Christopher <laughs> Bernier is our guest. We're going to talk about his first 365 days here in Lee County as the superintendent. Glad you're here. A year in, you know, how does it feel? I couldn't have a better job. I think I've shared with you and many other members of the staff, members of the community, when you move along in education, one of the things that you develop are certain key phrases, and one of it is growing up as a as a teacher and then assistant principal and principal was I'm not sure what I want to be when I grow up. Um, since taking this position, I've stopped using that phrase. Um, I know what I want to be when I grow up and I'm doing the right things and I'm in the right position and I can't thank this school board, this staff and our community um, for accepting me. It's been a great year, not just with the school system, but really beginning to dig in and become part of this community. Was it anything like you expected it was going to be as you started a year ago? No. Um, there were certain expectations that, that I had, and I think we, we held to certain plans. But, um, you know, the, the, the laws of nature, God and other people had other plans for us. Certainly a Category 5 hurricane coming ashore in, in September was not part of the plan. Um, but generally, um, the job has exceeded my expectations. It's been it's been a pleasure to learn to learn and to serve and, and to be a part of this community. Was there anything that surprised you the most? That's a great question. I know you threw me that question ahead of time to think about. Um, I do believe that being a superintendent is a marathon. Um, it is a it is a it's a long term job, but it's constant effort. Mm -hmm. It's constant communication. It's constantly being on. And I knew that going in, but I, I think it surprised me that, you know, my days are gone of, of any type of anonymity. I go to the grocery store and I get Dr. Bernie or if I swing by a gas station, somebody will pull in next to the Jeep and say, hey, doc, I got a question. Um, and I love that about the job. Um, but I have a newfound respect for all those superintendents I worked for. Um, I, I knew they were I knew they were exhausted at the end of the week, and and now I have a real understanding as to why. Um, but it's an exhaustion that is pleasurable because you know you've put in an incredible amount of effort going into the weekend and even on the weekends. It's yeah, it's a twenty four seven job. It is. Yeah, you you are superintendent. All day, every day. Yes, sir. And people know, and people are looking for you on that. So a year ago, you talked about some things you wanted to accomplish, and let's run through sure. some of those. And first was really kind of a stakeholder engagement, and you've done that by having some private meetings with staff, so you can get their feedback. You've had the public town halls. You've reengaged some of your advisory committees. So how has that interaction really shaped your development and how you've led the district over the last year? Well, I think it goes back to the entry plan. And when I even when I interviewed, I talked about three key words. I talked about first listening. Um, and, and listen to learn. And only once you learn can you lead. Um, so as you think about that process, the town halls, the meetings with staff, the meetings with SPALC, TALC employees, um, that, that real intentional get to know you and get to know me really accomplished two things. It filled in all the gaps around the community, and I'm still feeling gaps even to this day. But at the same time, it was very intentional because what it's led to is people getting to know me. And I just left a set of principles this morning. And what I said was, you need to test the system for incongruity. When you hear something attributed to me that doesn't make sense, that's an incongruent message. 
and 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 it should make you sort of wonder or say hmm and and be willing to pick up the phone and call me and say this doesn't sound like you is this really the direction we're headed in um, and I think we've done that not only with our internal stakeholders our staff and our employees but we've done it with external stakeholders the business community the horizon councils the foundation board the United Way um, an opportunity to get to know parents and I love the committee work we've been doing getting the divergent opinions in the same room to really work on the work so that when we go before the board while maybe not everybody had exactly what they wanted when the final product is delivered they know they had a voice in it and they can see their representation in what we're passing and what we're moving on and how we're helping our kids yeah that matters that they feel that how many schools have you visited uh, we're about 96%. I have about five left on the traditionalist, traditionalist and two of our special centers. So almost done, but I got a few weeks left and we'll be revising the schedule to make sure I make that happen. And I know I've heard from some uh, who've had that job before that those times with the kids are some of the best parts of their day. Does that really help you re-energize you and get you focused on being the leader of the district? I think obviously, you know, I came because this district held a really important belief um, in the in its core values and the core values they and, and they want to believe in our students that, that, that that's where our work and our core work belongs but I'm energized anytime I get to talk to anybody um, when you start talking about school and education and passion for where our children are headed and helping them reach their fullest potential it could be with you other members of the comms team it can be with teachers spalk employees it can be with parents it's just always energizing to be talking about what the future of this this world can look like if we do a really great job with our kids All right, improving transportation deficiency was another thing <laughs> you set out to do that was through the proximity a plan that was initiated for elementary schools um, so let's talk what you know what kind of benefits do you think we're going to see come August from having gone through that this spring? It was a major initiative. It is a major initiative. And um, it's unfortunate that the decision wasn't made sooner. I really do believe that there would have been an opportunity for this year to be even better if there had been some, some decision to move forward. I understand it was a difficult thing for this community to get around. And I do appreciate all the town halls and all that information that helped inform a decision and really put me in a position where I knew parents were ready. They were ready to make this decision along with the school board, and, and it's proven itself out. More, almost about 90% of our students in elementary got their first choices. Um, parents are still at the schools that they really want to be at. They have a little more responsibility this time around because they're going to have to um, get behind the wheel of their own car and drive. But in some cases, our parents were already doing that. Transportation should be better this year. We'll have less miles to cover. We'll have less routes. Um, we will still have the need for every single bus driver we have. I think it's incredibly important our employees know that. Um, but we'll be able to, by reducing routes, we don't need as many drivers. We'll be able to have a better on-time percentage. And then, you know, we are going to move in next year into a middle school proximity plan. Once again, getting our kids closer to home, creating more community atmosphere schools while preserving the school choice this community needs. It'll help our transportation. It's not going to be the magic bullet, but it will be a step in the right direction and excited about what the opportunity this year and next year holds. Looking forward to it. Another thing you wanted to do was make sure that uh, we stay competitive for our employees, salaries and benefits. And there was some good follow through, real good news for employees of the district. There was. And, and I, I'm going to start by saying Hurricane Ian put a little hitch in that in terms of what we had on the other side of Ian. But just prior to Ian, you know, compensation for me is money in your pocket. 
And that can come in a lot of different ways. It can come from a pay raise, but it can also come from a way of reducing the cost of certain benefits. Uh, we did a, the, this board did a really great job along with our chief negotiators and our unions to reduce the amount of cost to an employee if they have children and families. Um, for a single guy like me, um, you know, my insurance doesn't cost a whole lot. Um, but for a family man who has responsibilities or, or, or a single mom who's the breadwinner and the lead of their household, our insurance was really taking a lot of money out of our teachers' pockets and of our support professionals as well. That new work by the board to absorb the inflation and to increase the employer contribution puts about $4,000 a year back in a family's pocket that they can now spend at the gas pump and the grocery store and other places. Additionally, we did some creative budgeting towards the end of the year in order to create some one-time bonuses for our employees. And what I also like is we're starting, just starting to kind of stretch out that longevity piece. Our new teachers and our new employees are kind of catching up to our experienced ones. Mm -hmm. By increasing longevity pay, we've been able to start that stretch we just need to continue to do it. You've mentioned it a couple of times, Hurricane Ian. I mean, obviously, that's the <laughs> signature event of this school year. We're eight months out right now. How did what happened, the way you led the district through that kind of influence where we're at today in your leadership style? If there's a silver lining to Hurricane Ian, it's the introduction of me to a community in a manner and means which they saw a leader who can lead through a crisis. Um, no leader does that alone. Um, no leader ever can recover from a storm like that by him or herself. Uh, it, so what that also did was galvanized a team. Um, it, it created in the short span of 17 to 20 days to get all our students back to school. It created a 24 hour a day, seven days a week atmosphere where we had to learn to work for each other. We had to learn how to interact with each other. And we've been able to carry that momentum from that learning into other projects and other processes. It's one of the reasons why I think proximity went as well as it did. If we could, if we could reopen after a category four hurricane, then we could, then we certainly could make some decisions about how children go to school and where they go to school in, in order to improve transportation yep. efficiencies. Um, Hurricane Ian is something that you know, in emergency operations, you think you think three things. You're always working the problem you have. You're thinking about the next step. So once you solve that problem, what's the next step we need to be getting ready for? And then you try to predict what comes after that so that you're constantly working that three-step issue. And I'm deeply indebted to my team, specifically, I know you had them on a podcast as well. Um, my chief of staff, um, Michael Ramirez, did just amazing work during that period of time. And um, it's going to be a long road back. It's going to be a long road back for all of us. It's going to be a long road back for this community and for our schools. Some of our schools still are in need of additional repairs, but we will get those things done. And I'm hopeful that certainly coming into the fall, people will be in a position where they recognize their school buildings completely and they feel like they have everything fixed and repaired. And that does seem like where we're headed. Listening to your update last night, with 80% or so of the permanent repairs have been done. And that's been the deadline that I've seen for a lot of projects is August 10th, your school's back where it was. Yes, that's the plan. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's one of the things we learned in emergency management was, uh, you know, I know you were present during some of those meetings. We put a date up on a calendar right away of when we expected to reopen. So as we started thinking about permanent repairs, the first thing I did, it was identified a date of where we knew, where the team felt by that date, date certain we could be done. And we just keep using that date. We 
keep driving towards it. And if we get um, hiccups or, or delays, then we work around them and try to find a way to still make that deadline. Now let's talk about where we are right now. The school year's coming to an end. Seniors about to graduate. How do you feel, you know, for our students about uh, how they're doing, how this year has been for them? They've come through a lot just like everybody else. Well, the nice thing about um, learning, listening, and listening, learning, and leading is then you, you also involve student voice. And I really have enjoyed my student focus groups. Uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to very dynamic, very uh, diverse groups of students and, and get some input as to what they're thinking and how they feel like their education systems, uh, how their system is preparing them for their future careers. Uh, one of my best questions to them is, tell me what you would tell a younger sibling or a neighbor who's getting ready to start high school or middle school or even get started at elementary. And they, t- they talk about just squeezing the system for as much as you can because the system has so much to offer. I know we're in the middle of a big choice initiative within the state and other things, but I will tell you in the state of the schools, we're going to stand up and say, I know we have a better product. I know we can put ourselves up against anybody and our kids will not only be successful as they leave the graduation stage to go into the world of work or college, but they're going to come back to this community and contribute. Um, We have an amazing we have an amazing set of values in this community and our kids, while they may go away to go get certain degrees or certain opportunities, they all speak about coming back and giving back to this community and making their life here in Southwest Florida and Lee County. That's very unique across this country. And um, I think it's something we should cherish and honor. Yeah. Well, it's quite an honor if they want to come back and, and give back here rather than move on somewhere else. Yes, it is. We're at the point of the school year where a lot of the planning happens to look ahead to the start of the school year. So two big initiatives about school safety coming up for the start of the school year, the Guardian program and the threat weapon detection system. Can you talk a little about those and what those will be like for uh, families and kids coming up in the next year? I can talk about them as much as I can. You know, when you talk about school security, we have to be careful about what we talk about. But we have, and and no one thing is the panacea to to making a school safe. Uh, Last night we talked at the board meeting. We, We spoke very clearly that we can put all the technology in place that we have, but it really comes down to a culture of safety. Do we check IDs? Do we ensure doors don't get propped open? Do we not hold a door? Even though it's we've been trained as gentlemen to open the door for somebody else who's coming into a building, in a particular case at a school building, you really do have to walk through the door and let that door close behind you because that next person needs to be vetted. And that's unusual because that's not the type of community when I spoke about our values before. It's not the type of community we are. But in the meantime, we also have to exist lost. We also have to exhaust all the other opportunities we have to ensure children are safe. We are going to be working with entry technology. We're going to roll them out in middle, elementary, and high school. That's an, uh, It's not a metal detector, but it is a, wep- a weapons identifier. It will identify if someone, even if they've taken a weapon apart, um, it will identify that that is on a person and, and give us the opportunity. I think that will prevent a traditional way for weapons to enter campus, but we must be extra diligent about other ways somebody could drop off on a weekend or things like that. So those campus sweeps and that real opportunity to really drive safety is incredibly important. Uh, The Guardian program uh, is, is another opportunity. Um, it'll be somebody that the students will know. Um, they're not going to be a hidden uh, gun carrier. The students will have the ability to identify them. People will be able to identify them. And some people say, well, is that really a deterrent? And, and no, not necessarily. But knowing that there's another individual there ready to respond in the case of an active shooter is incredibly important. Sometimes you'll hear us use a, a phrase called a force multiplier. We're very blessed to have the sheriff we have who's trained him as well as our local police chiefs have trained their employees employees to be amazing first responders. And unfortunately, we've seen it sometimes. Yeah. Um, 
Um, but this this year, we'll have an additional person there on the campus to help us respond because seconds are important should an event ever occur. You don't have time. You need another person to go help, and, and the Guardian program will place a person like that in our schools. And you mentioned this, but our middle school families need to get ready for proximity because now it's coming to them. Yes, and I think it's been interesting. Some of the feedback this year has been, everything's been worked out. For, I've gotten emails. Everything's worked out for my elementary school student, but my middle school, why did I get my, why did I get my ninth choice? Why am I going all the way? We'll, we'll get there. The, the, the goal was to do it in stages to make sure we could work it through elementary now we'll work it through middle and then eventually we'll have to look at our high schools but i don't know that our high schools are going to live in a proximity plan i think what our high schools do is 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 really unique and really beneficial in terms of the college and career opportunities and that clear school choice for a secondary level education at the high school that is very unique to programs and services that our kids kids not only need but richly deserve and this district just continues to grow it's astronomical so there's two new schools that open up in august can you tell us a little about those well, one is a renovation one of the renovation and, and and so there was a former lambs um that became the new lambs the lehigh acres middle school um that was opened several a couple of years ago. So Lemuel Teal is going to open in the former Lambs building. It was renovated, brought up to code, brought up to speed. It, it, it's a beautiful environment. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited about the opportunity to add approximately a thousand seats out east, which we desperately need. Yep. Additionally, we have a Montessori Elementary School opening, um, which will help us also on the east side of town where most of our growth is occurring. Um, it'll, it'll give us an opportunity to give uh, additional seats to our elementary school students and families as well. There's other big projects. The Franklin Park's being renovated to be rebuilt riverdale starts some additions this summer um you know uh, these even the technical colleges have been adding space so on all levels we're growing well we are growing and i i i should, i i, I want to make sure i say this to the community um we are deeply indebted to something that happened long before I got here, which was the passage of the halfpenny sales tax. What we're doing in, in being able to stay with this monumental growth and continue to build and add seats so that our schools don't get even, even more overcrowded is a direct result of this community's support of that halfpenny sales. We have Lemuel Teal that's opening um, on the east side of town on what was known, known as the former Lambs. Um, that school has been completely renovated and brought up to code and up to speed. It's going to be absolutely amazing excited about the leadership that's out there also excited about the leadership that's going to be at our new elementary school and that opportunity for our elementary school students at Amonasera elementary you know we're growing it's unheard of many districts in the state of florida have sort of zeroed out their growth they're building out there's not really available space lee county is showing exponential growth and it's it's outside the curve of what's happening in, in other school districts but i do have to say it we are blessed in this community in order to keep pace with that growth that this community long before i arrived passed a half penny sales uh, it, it, we couldn't do what we're doing without it. We couldn't be renovating Riverdale. We couldn't be dealing with uh, a new high school, a new middle school out in the Joel Road area. We, we, this, we couldn't even be recovering from the hurricane related to Hector Caffaretta and some of the buildings that were so severely damaged that now need to be replaced. The halfpenny sales is great. I think we should highlight Franklin Park. Franklin Park will be our first community school build. It, the building had lived out its lifespan. It had, it, had, it had worn itself out. That lot now is basically empty except for two outbuildings. Those two outbuildings are going to house both the United Way and Lee Health. So it's going to be a full service community school that's open 
to our community and our residents almost full-time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it is also going to rehouse a first-class completely brand new build for Franklin Park Elementary just off of Edison. It, it's going to be amazing. It's a long time promise for that community finally coming true. Right. And I think that's what we have to think about. It's just not new seats. Um, I know that you and mem other members of the comm team have worked really hard, right? We got, we had all these announcements going on at football games about at Lehigh. This is what we've paid for it. It Fort Myers high school. This is what we've paid for it. It, it Cypress Lake, which we're getting ready to middle school, which we're getting ready to rebuild. People are aware that we are spending, spending those dollars in the most appropriate way to do the most appropriate things, but not just for new builds. We're going back into buildings that need to be renovated, need new equipment, need to be supported, and we're doing that work at the same time. As second-year superintendent, Dr. Bernier, <laughs> what do you know about the job that you didn't know a year ago that's going to help you? Oh, I think I know a lot about the job that's going to help me. I think that I, I it's reinforced in me that Engaging with a community, engaging with people and in, in both internal and external stakeholders is incredibly important. And I, I joked before about it being exhausting work because it occurs outside of hours, um, outside of normal business hours. But it, it's vital to getting the heartbeat and the voice of this community heard and then inserted into the decision making process. Um, I think the other piece is trying to find balance between both my work and my personal life. Um, I, I think I'm starting to get there and, and starting to feel that opportunity to not only be superintendent 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but also finding that time to nurture my personal relationships. Um, and I think that's just the growth of, I guess, getting used to it. You know, there's a great phrase about the frog in the beaker, right? If you put a frog inside a beaker and slowly raise the temperature on him, he will stay in the beaker. Um, what we've done is you've put me in the beaker and you've raised the temperature on me. <laughs> I think it's a whirlpool. Somebody new coming in would probably jump right out. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm happy and excited about continuing the, the, and I mean this sincerely, continu continuing the service to this community and more importantly, the service to our students. Is there anything on the to-do list for year two? There's a lot of things on the to-do list. I think you've touched on some of them. One is a, uh, a middle school proximity plan. I think the other piece is to really look at our school-based budgeting process, ensuring that all of the dollars that flow into this community, as many of them as possible, go directly to schools with a new funding model based upon something that will maybe bore some of your listeners, but a weighted FTE model. So the schools will be appropriately funded, not just based on the number of children they have, but the... the the very, very, the various types of students they have. It does cost more money to educate certain children. And we need to make sure if those children are present in a school building that those dollars that help support assistive technology and extra paraprofessional, somebody to help with English language learners, that those dollars also flow behind those students so that a school is not trying to treat every student as if they're just a regular student. We need to make sure we have a model that where the money follows the children who are in, who are in the greatest need. Well, Dr. Bernier, I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you. First year of service done, second year ahead. We look forward to what's going to happen, and uh, we'll see how your leadership gets us through year two. Appreciate it, sir. <laughs> Hopefully we can do that without any natural storms. Let's, <laughs> let's yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, thanks again, and thank you, everybody, for listening in. We'll be back next month with another edition of the Lee Schools TV Podcast.